Uh-oh. So a we've minute. been stalling because who knows how to do this part. It's been a minute. Yeah. People say you it's like riding a bike as a thing to like explain that you don't forget. But I it's forgot how to ride a bike like a decade ago. <laughs> I, I think love... if I got on a bike, I would not know what to do. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. Welcome back to Please Bless This Podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture. Some things. That's still relevant. At least. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes. (laughs) This is brutal. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm leaving it in. Hey, everybody. No. (laughs) So we, in preparation for this episode, we were like, we're going to like shoot from the hip and just kind of like go with it. And that was the plan. That was the plan. That was the plan. And then in the 11th hour, Elisa wrote an outline. (laughs) I produced like a 500 word outline in the last hour. That basically Because it's who I am. Right. It's basically like all the like kind of just whateverness we're gonna talk about, yeah, is outlined in the. Outline. I was like, we can shoot from the hip as long as we have a clear plan for shooting from the hip. You're I'm the sorry. Best. How's it been? It's been so many months since we've spoken. Right. Yeah. Right. We <laughs> we speak all the time. It's been so many months since we've spoken to our listeners here. Hey. Uh. Hello. We've missed you. A few of you have like told us you miss us and Ooh, yeah. we love that. We do. That feels we nice. We love to be missed. Mm-hmm. Uh what have you been up to in the last few months, Katie? Um so much and also so little. I had mm-hmm. my baby. I have a a small a small boy child, another son. I'm officially a boy mom. Oh, Hashtag boy mom. Yikes. And so that's been just everything I've been doing. He's three months old. So I'm like just now starting to become a person again, Mm -hmm. which is why we're doing this. Yes. And um, uh, I was about to say, I feel like I'm being loud. Am I being loud? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, just taking a break mostly, honestly, like being uh, in my like hibernation station and doing mom things and but now it's like it's almost summertime Mm. life is just starting to pop off yeah my my little tiny baby is like sitting in a little sit me up chair and like playing with little toys so i'm like i gotta get like he is so much older than he is it honestly freaks me out yeah it's a little weird i feel like season three he's gonna be on the podcast (laughs) like genuinely yeah he's gonna make appearances he's, he's like, gonna that be like kind of i kid. have something to say mom he's gonna be like attention mm-hmm. is this a way to get attention yeah yeah that's him so yeah but now you know at this point it's like get back to work you know sure so here i am back in the mines beautiful the ex-mormon mines <laughs> oh my gosh how about I feel you that. what have you been doing um i have been doing way less than you but we bought a house we yeah, did. like renovated it 
Ooh. We literally tented and fumigated for termites, which was ah! just about took me out. Um, yeah. You know, we moved, we unpacked, we've, uh, it turned out all that takes a lot out of you. Yeah, Elisa, you'd have done a ton. <clears throat> so it's been kind of intense, but mostly I feel like what we did is we took a freaking break. Yeah, from- for sure. From like ex-Mormon and Mormon content. I think we both reached a point. I mean, there were like clear sort of natural things happening that made it make sense to end season one when we did. But mm-hmm. we also, I think we're both just feeling kind of like, ooh, we have been deep in this, like thinking about our experiences and watching like a lot of traumatic content. Mm-hmm. And we just needed a break. Yeah. And just like interacting with the ex-Mormon online uh, community, which is great. It's mm-hmm. just like a lot. Like you totally. you kind of have to take a break at some yes. point. Like such a great community, but also can be like so consuming. Mm-hmm. And I could tell I needed a break because I just like have barely even been able to look at our social media during this time off. Like mm-hmm. I just really needed some separation for a while. Yeah. So it's been good. It's been healthy. Yeah. Yeah. We're so healthy. We are crazy healthy. Hence the title of this episode, Ex-Mormon Couples Therapy, because yeah. number one, we are going to talk about the show Couples Therapy in this episode, but more importantly, Katie and I are basically having couples therapy every time we record an episode. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's our little sister's therapy. Yeah, and the little Orna in our minds mm-hmm. is just fixing everything that's oh going my gosh. on here. Orna is the therapist on the show Couples Therapy, if you don't know, and I would take a bullet for her. Yeah, she's incredible. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. You're going to have to tell me about that because I have not, I've seen clippity clips of the mm-hmm. um, the ex-Mormon couple, but you're going to have to give me the lowdown on them. Oh, I'll fill you in. So that's what we've been up to. What have been your most Mormon experiences in our time off? Well, you know, not many, few and far between. But I did have a run-in, a very brief run-in with some missionaries the other day. Oh, my gosh. In that I thwarted their brief advances. I (laughs) imagine this. I am walking up a steep hill in my neighborhood, and I'm pushing my two children um, in the stroller. And I'm struggling, and it is hot out. And I see, and I see across (laughs) the street those those white t-shirts. Mm-hmm. those white little button up with the little tag and i'm like mm-hmm. oh here we go and i hear howdy howdy literally howdy an aggressive howdy wow and i immediately spring into action and i was really proud of myself i uh, i just gave them a really like stern good morning elders Ooh. in exactly that tone yes like a knowing tone like Like a knowing tone i lowered my register Mm -hmm. i was not giving them like a good morning 
Mm-hmm. Howdy. This isn't like a welcome, let's have mm-hmm. a chat. This was a stay on your side of the road. I know and who also, you are. I know what to call you. And my tone is saying everything else I need to say. Right. Like, I am not interested in anything you're selling. But also, if you need a sandwich, I would make yeah. you a sandwich. Of course. This is how I feel about the missionaries. I haven't had a lot of run-ins with missionaries since leaving the church like I think no face-to-face run-ins um and I feel like if I do I can't not give them a glass of water give them a place to hang out because I know they're just basically living in hell yeah they're basically being tortured every hour of every day but and I feel like that's fine to offer Mm -hmm. support or be open to that as long as you make it clear, like, this is, I'm not here for your message. Like, I'm not right. playing this game with you. Yeah, the like, same I know happened. who you are. I know what you're teaching and I'm good. Yes. Yeah. You're like, I have been you. Yeah. Don't try me. But if you want to come in and rest, like, come yeah. in and rest. Another Mormon experience we have both recently had is we got an invitation in the mail to a Mormon wedding. Yeah, we did. And I got to tell you, I haven't gotten a Mormon wedding invitation in ages. Mm -mm. I don't even remember the last time. So this was like a real treat. And we have to talk about it, but I want to make it clear. We're not trying to make fun of this specific person or their wedding. It's like a cousin of ours. It's his child. And they are not a specific object of ridicule because they're just doing things the way Mormons do things that's all Mm -hmm. that it is but it was just like so fascinating to see it to see a Mormon wedding invitation after all these years and just be reminded of how freaking quirky Mormon wedding culture is like my highlight is that they list out like what time the reception is and it's Mm -hmm. short it's a short little reception and um, they specify that 30 minutes of that reception is set aside for dancing. Yes. From 7.30 to 8 o'clock at night, yeah. you may dance. Yes. At 8 o'clock, the dancing must stop. And, the and if you try over. to dance at 7.28, that's not dancing time. Yeah, no. Everybody's going to look at you. Everybody's <laughs> going to know. You didn't read the invitation thoroughly uh, enough. I know we've talked about this in our like most recent episode at the end of season one. We talked about like Mormon weddings and how quirky they are. But I just don't think people fully mm-hmm. grasp how weird Mormon yeah. wedding culture is. Like I um, was a bridesmaid for uh, one of my best friends who is not a Mormon and it was, it's the only time I've been a bridesmaid. It was in like a very kind of traditional wedding. Um, and I feel like I was constantly being confronted with the realization that I was like lost. <laughs> like I had no idea what the normal sort of behaviors and expectations and practices were as a wedding guest let alone a member of the wedding party like for example on the day of the wedding all the bridesmaids had a card for the bride 
And it was like, they just all knew, like, this is one of the the things that you do as a bridesmaid is the day of you give the bride this card. And they had these like really beautiful heartfelt messages on them. And I was the asshole who was like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. And not that it's so like, it maybe it should have should be just a normal impulse right like but for whatever reason it just didn't occur to me and it's such like a small thing and no one was mad about it or whatever like I want to make that clear no one was like wow you've really failed in your duties here (laughs) but it was just like every turn there was something where I was like oh I had no idea yeah, I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, I've heard of like whatever, doing something like that for a bride, but like to just go in like with that inherent knowledge. Yes. I, that's not a thing. Yes. That's very interesting. I think too with Mormon weddings, it's you know, there are things that are obviously quirky about them, but there's also just a vibe. Uh, it's a vibrational difference i mean Mm -hmm. it's the fact that they get married in the temple number one which adds a lot of different stuff like yes it changes the whole mood so few people can be there you have almost no control over the actual wedding ceremony itself the clothing what's said who is marrying you Mm -hmm. i mean there's just so much Right. I think another then, like big vibrational difference too is the age of the bride and groom. Oh yeah. They're almost always children. Children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a it's a little unsettling, but God mm-hmm. bless them. Um yeah, uh it, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's almost like the and, and the thing is Mormons are just so used to this. Like mm-hmm. you you only get invited to the reception. You know, there's no like, oh, why am I not invited to the wedding? It's like, everybody knows you're just going to go to the yeah. reception. And it's kind of just, it's very, very casual compared mm-hmm. to other weddings. It's very two casual. hours max. There are maybe some foods to nibble on. Mm-hmm. I happen to know at this wedding we've been invited to, they're having like an assortment of flavored breads. Sounds great. Sounds amazing, but so freaking different. Yeah. I mean, I think about my own wedding, which, you know, I didn't get married in the temple, but I was married by a Mormon bishop. Mm-hmm. And I had, a, you know, it was kind of a Mormon-esque, a Mormon light kind of vibe. We did not mm-hmm. get married. or We didn't get married in the church. We got married elsewhere. We didn't have a reception in the church gym like most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was elsewhere, but it was similar. Like we outsourced the making of a lot of the food to people mm-hmm. in my mom's ward and things like that. Anyway, you know, there's, it's just got a certain, yeah. Je ne sais quoi. It's, and then there's 30 minutes for dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and at 8 and PM then, it's over. Get out. Yeah. Lickety split. Yes. These kids got to get out of here so they can kiss for the first time. Oh my gosh. So they can kiss for the first time. It's not even a joke. Friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like for some Mormons, that is like this badge of honor. Like we didn't kiss until our wedding day. What? Can you imagine? No, it's so, it's such a bad idea. Oh, painful. Speaking of traditional courtship. Please. The Duggar, the Duggar documentary series. Uh Uh-huh. Holy smokes. I am a few episodes in. I actually don't know how many episodes there are in the 
in the show but man upsetting unsettling okay say more crazy oh just you know the culture that they live in their weirdo bizarro christian cult Mm -hmm. nonsense that's all about like you know beating your kids and sheltering them from literally everything in the world and not Mm -hmm. allowing them to listen to music and uh you know just traditional courtship stuff it's just like the worst of purity culture um it's it's really something else you gotta watch it do you feel like it's more extreme than what we grew up with Oh, yeah. I would say so, right? Yeah. But, like, is the kind of underlying. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Similar? Yeah, Tell yeah. Me. There are similarities for sure. Well, I mean, just in the. Um, uh, in the patriarchy of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the main thing. I mean, that's the main thing for them. It's just this, you know, their sort of prophet. I mean, they have kind of a prophet leader who they think yeah. speaks directly to God. That's another thing. And he is the authority and um, the, the men of these families are the authority over their families and over their wives Mm-hmm. And they, you know, cast an umbrella over them to protect them from Satan. And I don't know. I feel like, you know, that's, uh, that yeah, that's, feels familiar. It does. It sure does. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to. Shiny Happy People is what it's called, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, But I've seen a couple of clips show up on my For You page on TikTok. And one of them that was, I thought, completely chilling was their like prophet giving a demonstration for how to discipline a child oh, and he yeah. like brings a child up on stage and spanks him mm-hmm. and he's saying all this stuff to him about like you've been bad you're a bad boy mm-hmm. yeah and just like publicly you've... humiliates this kid and then is like now hug me mm-hmm. yikes it's it so gross. So strange. And then the kid hugs him and he's like, that you didn't put your heart into that. And he hits him again. Yeah. And he's like, now hug me again. I mean, yikes. But I I will say there was like another clip circulating around ex-Mormon TikTok later earlier this year of Elder Bednar speaking at some conference, and he has like a young boy come up with him, and he's like talking about sin and this boy is very visibly uncomfortable he's crying Mm. and elder bednar is like kind of forcing him to stand in a certain way and like it's it was so disturbing and i was like whoa that is taking me back to that clip and just the use of like a child as an object lesson yeah is so troubling yeah it's fucked up but familiar like i feel like yeah we saw shades of that i remember feeling growing up like let's you know age of accountability for example the mm-hmm. age of accountability in the lds church is eight that's when you get baptized i just remember feeling so like um unequipped to be making any sort of informed decisions about mm-hmm. you know my my spiritual future but you literally can't say 
I don't understand. Yeah. That's not a good enough. I don't understand. I don't feel comfortable. Right. I'm not sure yet. Can I wait? No. No. That's not a real option. And people might say, of course you can, but no, you can't. (laughs) So, I mean, if you had said that, it would have caused a panic. Yeah. And you would have suffered from that panic. I mean, it would have caused even more sort of anxiety about, am I good? Am I? Right. Which was really the ultimate, you know, struggle that was going on. You know, it's an interesting thought because looking back on that, I remember so vividly having those thoughts, but never saying anything. But you know what I did say? Hmm. That I was too afraid to put my head underwater. That's what I remember about your baptism is like, it was this thing that Katie was afraid to put her face in the water. Yeah. And there was like a lot of anxiety about that. Yeah. I feel like. So are you telling me you weren't really afraid to put your face in the water? I mean, I have done swim lessons and like Uh went to the pool all the time. I don't know. It doesn't really add up. It's just an interesting thought. I haven't thought very much about it, but. Hmm. (laughs) Very shrewd of eight-year-old Katie to be like, what can I say? Yeah. To express my anxiety without like saying the thing that's going to actually freak everybody out. I'm I'm pretty good at like finding an out without upsetting anybody. <laughs> you know, Beautiful. it's my way. Oh my gosh. Okay, what other like Mormon pop culture moments have you experienced recently? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call this Mormon, but it's like sort of, you know, it 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 you know, Mormon adjacent maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh on the show Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if any of y'all listeners have had the pleasure, but that show was such a delight. It mm-hmm. was truly, I don't know, uh, very like Parks and Rec, yeah, you know, mockumentary. Really, what's like awesome. the basic premise? Because I haven't watched it yet. The basic premise is that it's supposed to be a documentary about jury duty and what jurors go through. Um, you know. Uh, over the course of the trial Mm -hmm. um but everyone is an actor uh who's on the show except for one guy yeah and that one guy is just like being strung along um hidden cameras and like he just doesn't know he doesn't realize that these people are actors and the trial (laughs) is fake and it's just like kind of hysterical and they keep like setting up all these just like bizarro situations that like i feel like any person would like kind of crumble under pressure or yeah you know just be like i'm out of here like this is too crazy but this guy like really like steps up to the plate and does a lot of cool stuff and in the end he wins a bunch of money and they reveal to him that oh yeah it's pretty cute it's pretty cute but also like he made a lot of friends along the way like it's it's really cute (laughs) um but anyway there's a character one of the jurors it just seems like they're basing his character off of a mormon guy Mm -hmm. he like doesn't drink he has a girlfriend he's obsessed with um but um they talk about how he's never had sex he's a virgin oh um this comes up during jury duty yeah well yeah they're really getting to know each other it's several weeks okay and um 
and uh yeah and then at one point he like gets drunk on accident he's like being served the wrong drink so this guy gets like really drunk and he's like freaking out about it which is very mormon yes if, like i can't even imagine like if you're... oh my gosh do you remember the time our mom was served hard lemonade at a restaurant no and she didn't know she like thought it was just regular lemonade oh no i don't remember that i think she took like one sip and was like something's off but I just remember awesome. like finding out about it and being like, oh, mom. Oh, yeah. Mom anyway, would sorry. Freak out. Yeah. Um, so he gets drunk. It's really funny. And then there's a later episode, which is ridiculous, where mm-hmm. he is like now trying to hook up with another juror and he wants to try soaking, um, which, you know, Google it if you yeah, must we know from mormon tiktok that this is supposedly a thing the kids at byu yeah. have been getting into it's hard to believe but it seems to be so and um and he's like asking the the guy who's not an actor and james marsden mm. who plays one of the jurors but also himself okay it's very he meta. like plays him- okay okay yes 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 um he's like will one of you help me soak with this girl like jump on the bed (laughs) and james marsden's character he's like yeah and he goes and they like make a fake little like video of them like pretending to soak or whatever but like homeboy really thinks this is happening and it's like i don't know at that point i'd be like i'm out of here you people are nuts that's kind of amazing how like just even mormon sexual urban legends from tiktok are making their way into mainstream pop culture I know. Kind of warms my heart. Me too. The Mormons yeah. are so relevant. Finally. Finally. Finally getting the recognition. It's the Mormon moment, as they like to say. Oh, um, okay, here's my Mormon pop culture, and we've already hinted at it. It's couples therapy. So Katie and I both encountered couples therapy for the first time through tiktok i feel like they were promoting the show a lot on tiktok a couple mm-hmm. months ago weeks ago yeah and it compelled me the clips yeah. were really hard not to get like sucked into so of course like any rational person i started a free trial of showtime so i could binge the show not even realizing that in season three one of the couples is an ex-mormon couple So the therapist is Orna and she's a goddess. She's incredible. She's the therapist I dream of having one day. Ugh, if only. Um, Just like so insightful and also like willing to like interrupt you with an opinion rooted in like experience and disciplinary knowledge. And I'm like, where is this therapy, please? I know. So she's working with this ex-Mormon couple. And kind of, they have a number of sort of issues they bring up, but sort of the root is she left the church first. They got married really young. She left the church first and really left it with this sense that the church had been an abuser in her life Mm. and she needed to remove herself from an abusive situation. Mm. E, the husband, remained in the church for years after that. Ooh. Wow. And so in her mind, and and he's since left, but in her mind, those years of him choosing to continue in a religion that she 
felt was abusive to her, like expressed to him how she felt abused by it. That choice to say is like this huge betrayal. Yeah. And it like keeps coming back up as other Mm. things are going on. And so they're like trying to talk through like, how do we, can we get past this? And if so, Mm -hmm. how, right? So, um, there is this scene where Orna's like, can you explain to me like how you felt abused within the church? And the woman, her name is Christy. It's Christian Brock, which is the most Mormon name ever, Brock. Yeah. <laughs> like when the man said his name was Brock, I was like, yep. <laughs> it um, sure is. So the Christy describes being sexually assaulted at 14 and having to confess mm. to the bishop. And she's like telling Orna about how the bishop is just like my friend's dad, you know, and I have to go into this room with him and he's asking me all these questions. And Orna looks horrified. Yeah. And just seeing Orna's horror was like really powerful to me Mm -hmm. because Orna is this like woman who's trained in helping people sort of like recognize trauma yeah for what it is and mm-hmm. process it and she you can just see her going oh he yes trauma right yes and it's like that experience of having to like have that kind of a conversation with your bishop about sexual things yeah um is an experience every single mormon kid had mm-hmm and and yes, we weren't all doing it in the context of having been sexually assaulted, which obviously compounds the trauma yeah. of it. But we all had to do that starting mm-hmm. at 12. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like non-Mormons know this, but like starting at 12, you are like having one-on-one closed door meetings. They're not closed door anymore, apparently, hmm. with an older man who you may or may not know well. Mm-hmm who is asking you questions about your sexuality, your sexual purity, sometimes graphic specific questions. Yeah. And like uh, any inquiry at all into mm-hmm. your chastity mm-hmm. at that age is so inappropriate. Yeah. It's wild. And from what I can remember from my bishop interviews, which luckily I, you know, don't have a lot of memories. I mean, I know they happened. Yeah. Um, I remember just being asked if I uh, was remaining chaste. Mm-hmm. You weren't, no, they weren't going into detail. No. And I never, uh, I never uh, divulged anything. Yeah. Never you never confessed anything? Nope. Good Not interested. for you, Katie. Yep. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> I definitely like had this kind of weird pressure that I felt to explain. And honestly, I was doing nothing that needed no. to be explained. Yeah. But I felt like, oh, I got to be thorough. You know, you can't like try to hide anything. And luckily, I too was never asked like super, super probing questions. Mm-hmm. But I knew people who were. I had a roommate at BYU um, and I was in grad school. So we were like in our (laughs) twenties and she confessed to the Bishop that she had been like making out with her boyfriend, maybe in ways that 
I guess she was feeling like we're crossing some lines and he was asking like about what they were wearing and where they were sitting and where on her body she was being touched and then he asked are you getting wet and she's telling us this and I'm so mortified that this man this older man who we barely know like why does he need to know that no it's so wrong it makes me feel all kinds of physical discomfort just talking about it yeah it makes me so mad yeah like the only appropriate response to that is like it's none of your fucking business you creep and like the fact that parents like not only willingly subject their children to that but like it's something you must do yeah and it's like obviously you have to do it to like have some callings or to ever go to the temple as a kid i mean you have to do it yeah or you'll be it'll be clear that you're not because you'll be excluded from things that require it so listening to again like this experience on couples therapy and seeing orna's response to it was powerful to me but it reminded me of this episode of this american life that i listened to in like 2018 that was one of my like very very last straws and i had completely forgotten about it until i was watching couples therapy so the episode i wrote it down because i knew i wouldn't be able to remember off the top of my head so yeah the episode is episode 661 but that's what happened and Mm -hmm. elna baker who's a producer on this american life and also an ex-mormon she talks about these purity interviews that she had growing up and she interviews a bunch of folks who grew up mormon about their experiences with these interviews and it's fascinating and horrifying and familiar um but at the end of that segment of the episode she talks to this man eric hawkins who was the director of media relations for the church Oh boy. And she's like expressing how these purity interviews caused her harm, how they caused these people she's interviewing harm. And the way he evades accountability is so maddening. Mm-hmm. If you want to just like get really mad, <laughs> look up this episode, listen to this part, because. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking about how, yeah, these bishops have this list of questions they can ask. and But, you know, it's changed in these ways. And she's like, well, has it changed because the church recognizes that it was causing harm? And he's like, well, the church is just constantly improving. And she's like, right, because they recognize they've caused harm. And he's like, because the improvement is always like he will not acknowledge it. Just it's making me so mad. You have to go and listen to it. What is like really maddening about it, like from my perspective and from my memory too, like as somebody who didn't confess, it's like, it's not even necessarily that I, you know, um, like they think they're protecting us from something. They think that they're protecting us and what they're really doing is, um, like causing us to hide you Mm -hmm. know in a lot of cases in the case i I mean 
in every case, I mean, either you you confess and you get shamed and you learn your lesson and you're like, well, I'm maybe not going to share as much next time. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you're having real experiences that probably you should be talking over with a trusted adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead you're hiding everything right. out of fear. Right. So many of the people that were interviewed on this episode of This American Life were like, I didn't even know what I was being asked, you know? Right. The bishops are like, are you engaging in in necking and petting? And they're like, I don't know. And so they go home and they look it up and they're like, what even is that? And they're just, it's like instilling this shame and anxiety, like you're saying. Right. It's not protective. It's the opposite. Yeah. Woof. Anyway, look up that episode of This American Life and you will breathe fire. (laughs) Fun. Well, let's talk about what the people can expect in season two. Let's, please. More of the same, but also different. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all. The end. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think reaching the point we did at the end of season one, where we had like churned out 30 episodes and we were like deep in it, and then we needed a break. Mm-hmm. I feel like it made me realize we need to like make the format a little more sustainable for us. Yeah. We can't be like watching a full blown like nine episode series for every episode we make. Yeah. Cause it's oh so much of it is so heavy, not or reading time consuming and right. Or reading a book. Brutal. Yes. A whole right. book. Right. For every episode. I mean, we're doing this for fun, people. So like yeah. it should be Let's fun. Not Yeah. So season two, we're still definitely going to talk about Mormonism, pop culture, our experiences, but just with a slight variation in structure, not every episode will be centered around like a full-blown pop culture artifact, Mm -hmm. though some will. Not Mm -hmm. all the pop culture artifacts will be explicitly Mormon, Mm -hmm. but they will tap into our Mormon selves and experiences. And some will just be more like topic or experience driven or just driven by us and our lives. So yeah, just a little more variety, mm-hmm. a little more sustainability for us. And yes. we're also going to post every other week instead of every week. Yeah. Because this is for fun. Yeah, this is for fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we see Mormonism everywhere we look. So yeah. it's not um, hard to find. It's not hard to find and we don't need to be diving into like just the most hardcore things possible. Seriously. I also, uh, a friend of mine who's not Mormon, but listens to the podcast was like, do you feel you're kind of reaching the point where you've talked about all the stuff? And I was like, not (laughs) even close. No, there is truly so much. No, Um, I feel like we were barely keeping up with things as they came out. Like, yeah. Right. Let alone diving into some of the like old school stuff yeah, that no. the Mormons who know know. I mean, there's an endless amount yeah. of stuff to talk about. We're just going to go at a leisurely pace and enjoy ourselves. And uh, first order of business or on top of the docket, mm-hmm. sister wives. Sister wives. If you don't know, um, now that HBO Max has become Max, which whatever. 
weird. Yeah, jeez. Um, the best thing about it is now we have access to all the episodes of Sister Wives, and we've gotta we gotta get into it. Yeah. Uh yeah. I am going to become a weird person from watching <laughs> that show, for yep. sure. I'm gonna know everything there is to know about Cody Brown and his. I'm gonna hair. learn. Yeah, I'm gonna learn his curly hair routine. Yes. He's Try got a curly it. girl routine for sure. sure. Does he does the plop? He uses a diffuser. <laughs> you know it. You know he does. <laughs> Lots to come. Can't wait. Still send us your episode ideas because we're here for them. We love them. We love to hear from you in general. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok at please bless pod. Email us at please bless pod at gmail.com. We're back. Yeah, we're back, baby. Bring it on. And please bless this podcast. Amen.